0: Reflection of Grace Outreach Ministries was established to help provide for the natural man so that the spiritual man can receive Christ's salvation by inspiring souls and removing the mask through the word of God. Also visit us at www.reflectionsofgraceoutreachministries.org for our ministry information, products, and books like A Breath of Melodies. My steps have already been ordered. Rhythm of Rage, and so many more, only with Reflections of Grace Outreach Ministries. Amen. So tonight, um, we really want to uh, talk about the Temple of God. And being the Temple of God means that In the Old Testament, right, there were certain rituals and certain sacrifices and certain things that people had to do in order to uh, gain favor with God, I'll put it like that. It wasn't a lot of things that the people had to do, but walk right and obey the commands after uh, they returned from, once they uh, were led out of Egypt. However, um, like all cases, many people wanted to do it and some did not. So they had a leader, and it's important to have a good leader, a leader that, that can lead and guide you in the way that you will be blessed, in the way that you can uh, uh, grow in your, your faith, grow in your understanding of who God is. And... God chose Moses, and Moses, he was imperfect at, at best. I mean, he killed somebody, he ran away, and, um, you know, he did some things that normal people in this world um, have, a, have a staple against, or they are um, branded. To be that one bad person and never nothing else after that. Have you ever had situations where people saw your past or knew your past and never let you live it down? So that's what happened with Moses, and he ran away and he he got married and he came back cause so God he met God on on the the mount and God told him to to go and lead his people, which were the chosen people of Israel, the Israelites, lead them out of bondage. He said, I have heard their cries and I'm gonna do something about it, basically. And so that's the kind of God we serve. We serve a God that wants to help the people that believe and trust in him. Many people say that God is just a figment of some people's imagination or that we all need something to believe in Why not create this fictitious person in the sky to take care of us? You know, they might think that way, but that's because they haven't had a relationship or had an experience with God. So the children of Israel, they had this experience with God. He led them by cloud by day and fire by night. But that wasn't always good enough for them because they continuously complained. They continuously talked about, oh, we this and oh, we that and oh, that and the other, you know. But for us today, how do we know that God is pleased with our lives? How can we fully embrace our lives with him? The Bible tells us that God is spirit, and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. as found in John four twenty four. The Old Testament writers were clear when they exhorted about God's spirit visiting the temples and God's spirit moved above the face of the waters. That's found in Genesis 1-2. Finally, the Old Testament writers revealed that God speaks to his people and his servants in a language that they could understand. Just as Ezekiel and Moses and Noah God had a revela- relationship with them and he directly spoke to them and they obeyed however it did not come with some disobedience many other servants of God heard his voice and followed his commands only to begin to do what is evil in his sight the bible tells us in first samuel 15 23 through 25, when King Saul and Samuel had a discussion about the disobedience, about his disobedience, and it stated that for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry, because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord. He hath also rejected thee from being king. And Saul said unto Samuel, "I have sinned, for I have transgressed, and the commandments of the Lord, and thy words, because I fear the people, and obey their voice. now, therefore, I pray thee, pardon my sin, and turn again with me that I may worship the Lord. Now that was King Saul talking to Samuel to uh, pretty much put a word in for him to, to that that he may be forgiven. And that's, that was the order. Somebody had to put a word in for you to be forgiven. The prophet had to go before the, the Lord and ask forgiveness. The priest had to go into the temples to burn an offering in, in order to uh, cleanse the, the, the iniquities and the sins of his people. The Old Testament had to come before God through the priest to offer atonement and burn offerings for the sins of his people. The priest was that only one anointed to approach the holy of holies. And there were no exceptions. And if priests did did not fulfill the commands and preparation of protocols, they would fall dead. And if If they would touch the Ark of the Covenant, they would also die. Today, God gave mankind a final opportunity to be reconciled with him through the last sin offering for us all. You see, God sent his son, Jesus, the Christ, as fully man and fully divine to be the last offering for sin. His death represented the Old Testament sacrifices, but with the more personal and emotional act of love and redemption. Jesus died that we can be set free from sin and believe that we are worthy of giving God our worship and praise. So generations later, Jesus said, Therefore, my father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it up again. This command I have received from my Father. God has also given us a choice to follow Jesus' example, to return to God just just, uh, by literally believing that Jesus is who he said he is and who Peter later proclaimed. Peter proclaimed that he was, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. So where does that leave us? And where do we stand with God? Well, God commanded Israel to build a temple so that he can be be with his chosen people This would have been a great feeling to know that our creator watched over us with a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. But today, believers in God have a more personal way of establishing a connection with God, and it is through our faith and belief in Jesus, the Son of God, that he died on the cross so that we can be reconciled back to our Heavenly Father, yet? there's still speculation and doubt that is even possible. We have the ability to come to God now without burning offerings of goats or lamb or, or, or sheep, but just by believing in faith and action of Holy Spirit to indwell our lives and teach us how to live holy. We, can't, this, we cannot do it by ourselves. Just as the Old Testament Israelites needed a priest to intercede on their behalf through burnt offerings and, and blood sacrifices, we too must admit, submit to a higher power, that is, Jesus Christ, to save us. The Jewish people needed to confess and believe in Christ. The Gentiles needed only to believe that Jesus is the Holy One of God. And the process of having a personal and spiritual relationship began. So let's talk about the temple of God and what it means for the Christian church and the believers in Christ. So our scripture and what we're talking about tonight is we're going to do a comparison, comparison discussion about what were the things that the Old Testament believers had to had to prepare for. I mean, you just think about it. Think about it. they had one person, the priest that was chosen by God to be able to enter into the Holy of Holies. And what the Holy of Holies is, is the room known as the Holy of Holies that was the innermost and most sacred area of the ancient tabernacle of Moses and the temple of Jerusalem. The Holy of Holies was constructed as a perfect cube. So you could read in the Bible in Exodus um, how they constructed it. It has the dimensions and have everything that should go in there. So um, that was constructed so that, um, because there were order. And you know what's interesting? The Lord revealed to me that the reason why God put all those stipulations and those specifications to put in the temple, it wasn't because he needed to see all those things. He didn't, he didn't need to see the cubic by feet, by, by, uh, by dimensions or anything like that. You know, he wanted to see how obedient they would be. How would they follow his commands to the letter? How would they follow his instructions when, when it comes to him? And you know that's really a great thing because when we think about God, we think about Him as the all-knowing, this all-knowing person uh, uh, in in the sky that that only looks down and sees us. And then we have some other people that believe that God is the ATM God that oh, you ask him for something and he gonna give it to you. But you see, the difference was the dynamics of see. The Old Testament children of Israel, they had to be meticulous. They had to be articulate in what they were doing, how they built a temple. It it couldn't be off a cubic inch or a cubic meter. And see, that was the sacrifice that God uh, required for them. One of the sacrifices, because they had to walk in obedience. And how could they walk in obedience and and supposed to build a, a temple for themselves to worship him? unless they listen closely and obey what he said. So I thought that was very interesting that the Holy Spirit had, had revealed that to me, that, you know, the temples wasn't built primarily for God because God is spirit. So he don't have to dwell in a temple or, or in a tabernacle or anything like that. It was to show the, the commitment and the obedience of his worshipers. And that was that was great. And when we come to nowadays, when we think about um, how the the church buildings are built, they're built based on an architect, and the an architect have all these different things in it. But the pastor has the last say so, or the committee has the last say so on how it should be built. So. We believe that a church is built based on god's instructions to the pastor and then the pastor filter it down, but in a lot of cases, you know they had a direct relationship with God back then here nowadays, we need to have a direct relation with God through the Holy Spirit, and that's what connects us. The Holy Spirit indwells us, and when we are indwelled in the Holy Spirit. Then we are connected. See, we don't have to burn uh, goats and lambs and sheep. And then uh, another thing they did in the Old Testament, when the sacrifice was done for Yom Yom Kippur, on the Day of Atonement, what they did they use they took two goats into the temple. One was sacrificed for a burnt offering, and the other one was kept alive. And that other goat that was kept alive was used as what they call the scapegoat. Now what the scapegoat is in Hebrew it's a Hebrew name I think I got that right but um, it says it's, it's basically the goat for Azazel and who was a gay, Azazel? In the Jewish legend Uh, Azazel was a demon or evil spirit to whom the the ancient rite of Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, a scapegoat was sent bearing the sins of the Jewish people. Two male goats were chosen for the ritual, one designed by lots for the Lord and the other for Azazel. And that's found in Leviticus 16 and eight verse, if you want to read more on it. So now we have the priest give the offering with the, the lot for the Lord. He give the offering, and now after that is over and the smoke raises up, now he takes that other goat and he sprinkles it with blood and he lay hands on the uh, on the scapegoat, you know, and then the scapegoat is led out of the temple and out and the of skirts of uh, uh, the uh, encampment where the, the believers are, and then it's set free. So that was that offering sent to the evil spirit. Now, think about that. Now, in contrast to contrast to what we do today, we don't have a, a scapegoat. A lot of people always, you know, we how we joke about, oh, I'm just going to be the scapegoat, you know. And that's where they get the term from. And you see, you, you recognize a lot of the biblical terms and biblical uh, uh, analogies come out of uh, almost everything what we do. But a lot of times people don't want to accept the Bible as being, you know, the written word of God that, that, was, uh, that was put forth for our learning and for our teaching. But the scapegoat, and if somebody say you're a scapegoat, then that's what they mean. You're an evil spirit. But <laughs> i evil spirit. <laughs> no, I'm, just, I'm just joking. I'm <laughs> digressing that. But anyway, um, yeah. So nowadays, we don't need a goat to bear our sins. We don't need a goat to, or a priest to lay our sins on the goat. And then somebody has to take the goat away from us. You know, Jesus died as the, the ultimate sacrifice for our sins. And all we have to do is believe. All we have to do is believe. And just think about when we, when we are um, in confessional, you know, and it's important as believers to know that when we come before God, just like those uh, priests in the temple, they came before God, they had to do a certain uh, Thing. They had to undress their clothes, they have to wash themselves, and then they had to put on the temple, temple garments before they could even come before the Lord. So, and that's important because God did not want any uh, sinful or dirty attachments or the outside layers of, of iniquity inside his dwelling place. And just like us, God doesn't want that in our dwelling place. And I'm not talking about a church gathering place, because church place is only the place that everybody come to give honor. But in our in our inner man, in our who we are, you see, God wants us to have that same commitment that when we come before the Lord, we can't be playing around thinking that okay we're going to offer God a prayer or we're going to offer God a worship or we're going to offer God a praise and your inside's messed up you know your mind is not uh focused and dedicated on him and your heart is still thinking about other things and and other emotions that you deal with every day you know and we say this term that all minds and hearts are clear and You really have to take that into context, because if you're asking God for atonement, if you are seeking revelation from God, how are you going to hear from God if if your insides, if your mind or your heart isn't focused, isn't clean, isn't turned? That's why the Bible tells us that we got to be therefore transformed and renewed in our minds. And so... The transformation that we need is simple. You know, we don't have to burn an offering a of goat or a sheep or or wood of or anything like that. All we have to do is uh, come before God and say, Lord, I accept you as my God and I accept your son Jesus as my personal savior. Come into my life and I will be committed to you. That you didn't. You didn't say you was going to be submissive or uh, you're going to be his servitude. What you said, you will be committed to him. And being committed to God means that your mind and your heart is focused on pleasing God. And the next step to that is um, your salvation. Do you believe that Jesus his son died for your sins. Do you believe that he rose on the third day? It's just that simple. I mean, a lot of people are making it seem so difficult to come to God, to be reconciled back to God, but Jesus already paid the price. A lot of people don't want to believe that one man on this earth who died on the cross can and was and is the son of God. And his death, burial, and resurrection resurrection, um, reconciled us back to God. I mean, if they can do altars and sacrifices and, and pagan customs or other customs to their gods, why can't Jesus willingly be the son of God and give his life for our sins? That's what we believe that what we stand on. So that means we don't have to always continuously give an offering and a sacrifice and always, you know, Burn offerings and whole burn offerings, and and we have to do all those things. All we have to do is believe, and when we believe, and and offer the Holy Spirit to indwell in our lives. I mean, it's because you have to have a choice. There's a choice when you say, "I want to live right," "I want to live whole," "I want to be saved." there's a choice when you say those words you have to mean that it's, it has nothing to do with tradition it has nothing to do with going to a church on the corner or going to a church that mama went to and daddy and him went to and uh, my daddy is a, a preacher so i got to go you know that's not a commitment that's not a personal commitment that's a that's an obligation that's a tradition But it's not a commitment. When you're making a commitment, that's a personal, personal act, a personal thought, a personal relationship that you want to build with God. And when you're offering the Holy Spirit to come into your life, that means you are opening up the door for his guidance, his leadership, and his understanding of who God is. You know, when you do those things, then there's a peace that comes comes upon you because now you're committed to something different than yourself. You're committed to something different than the old man that you were born into. Now you're committed into living and understanding God's morals, God's principles, and God's mercy. And we can only do that with the infilling and indwelling of the Holy Ghost. So I'm going to stop right there if anyone has something to say.
1: Yes, great word. Praise the Lord. Um, when we also read the scripture that Paul talks about, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19-20, through I'm going to read it. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own for you were bought at a price therefore glorify god in your body and in your spirit which are gods so when we when we look at that scripture and we parallel the the understanding of we we got introduced to what the temple mean from the old testament it was a building it was a location it was an altar that god met his holy chosen people, the, the Leviticus tribe. He, he that was a meeting place for him to come and commune with them and to receive his um to receive atonements for their sin. Now, fast forward, we're living now under grace. Mm-hmm. So our bodies are the temple. When we become born again, that God wants us to consecrate our temples. He wants us to mirror the Old Testament, and look at how everything had to meticulously come together for God to be pleased and come down and meet them when they he uh, told them to put the Ark of the Covenant into the temple. The Ark of the Covenant had all of the, the holy consecrated things that God um, chose and highly respected, and it was those things were behind the veil. So whenever a Leviticus priest um, came inside the, the temple, they had to be purged and they had to be cleansed of their sins. And those clothes were as outward a symbol that God first wanted them to identify with. See, God works with, he works with us in total wholeness, such as We today I'm I'm kind of talking back and forth. I hope you all can follow with me. But like the clothes, the holy clothes back in those days, it was linen. It wasn't you couldn't put on anything. God has specific things that he wanted to be consecrated. And it was a process and a procedure that they had to follow through in order to be pure in order to come before the Lord being pure, seen as pure and purified from their sins. And when we, when we fast forward now today, how we get in and how we are supposed to come to the Lord and, and, re, and honor God and invite God into our lives by God is requiring of us. Okay. You have accepted my son, Jesus. Therefore, when we accept Jesus, we, be, we walk into the newness now of the new man, the Holy spirit comes to dwell in us. That's a down payment until the day of redemption marking us and letting us know truthfully that we are of god and we have had that encounter with god when the holy spirit starts to dwell in our temples now when we are one with the holy spirit god is telling us to be on guard and watch how you use your temple that 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 is these bodies that we are in our bodies are the new the new tent today the new temple today Mm -hmm. and so the prime example, okay, we should not take our physical bodies and then fornicate with a prostitute. Because when you fornicate with a prostitute, then you taking the Holy Spirit that's inside you and you're fusing that together with a prostitute uh, spirit and body. And the Holy Spirit is grieved because that's sin. The Holy Spirit would not dwell, nor can the Holy Spirit be Happy to dwell in a place that is not welcoming him, that's not constantly sweeping and, and checking and making sure that that house is in order for God to be invited and welcomed into that person's temple and that person's life. So we cannot take for granted that we are saved because we confess it with our mouths and believe in our hearts. There's still a process to being saved. We are walking through this journey um, being saved every day. It's not a one-time act that you're saved, and you don't do anything, and you just sit on the bench and you sit on the um, by by bylines, and you just walk around and say I'm saved, I'm saved, because you have outward works that quantify or that gives you approval that you're saved. No, no, no. You have to walk this thing out because God wants to dwell inside of our temples, and yes, we are still sinners, yet. The Lord God sees us differently because we have accepted Jesus. So now he now declares us righteous because of Christ. Now we have taken on the newness of Christ, dead to sin, alive to Christ. So God looks at us and he looks at our temple and he says, okay, you are walking the walk, pleasing to my sight. I'm not, he don't want us to be distestable, disgusting, despicable to him when he looks at us. Yet we can past judgment when we see other Christians saying that they're a Christian and they have tattoos on their bodies and they smoke cigarettes and they're cussing. That's when Paul, that's when the other scriptures that we must sharpen our hearing and listening. When Paul says, um, your members, be careful what you allow your members to do. Your members are your eyes, your hands, your mouths, you know, the, the, the parts of your body that used to, just constantly seeing and knew how to sin, whether you were thinking about sinning, it just automatically started telling you by the evil thoughts, um, get up go over there and, and do things that were against God's word that was not holy living. So Paul is saying we've got to be conscious of what we're doing. That's why the Bible says guard your heart. You have to guard your heart because your heart is your subconscious mind where the behaviors and the things that we did in the world is now stored inside of our hearts as a memory bank in our subconscious mind. And those things naturally just start coming out of us even when we're not paying attention to to doing the things that we used to do. That's why Paul said, guard your heart. Yet also, Paul tells us in Romans 12, um, 2, it says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind through the word of God. So, when you think about that scripture, that scripture is really telling us how to how to please God. How can we please God? We can please God with our minds first. Our minds have to be renewed in this word. That means this word has to now be inside of us. This word has to come to memory when we think about the goodness of the Lord. When we think about sin, our minds have to do a shift. It has to do a sudden change. It has to quickly sh- change the righteousness of God through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Holy Spirit's kind of like rebooting us, resetting us, charging us every day, um, connecting us to him to let us know that's the old man. You're no longer the old man. You're the new man now. So we have to feed the new man with the word of God, renewing our mind, seeking ye first the kingdom of God. What is that? Seeking the kingdom of God. As it says here in the notes, I'm going to read, um, seeking first the kingdom of God. See, all of this is a mindset. We have to get our minds changed. Our minds have to be washed clean and changed because this is a spiritual war. We're talking about the natural man and we're talking about the spiritual man. God is a spirit. And in order to know him, our spirit has to be changed so that we can hear from our father that the words that he's speaking to us through the Holy Spirit, how he's romancing us and how He, what he wants from us. Because when our spirit man continues the world, we're putting in the word by, by spending time in the word, by identifying, seeing what's of good, what's of light and what's of darkness. And when Paul talks about these things right here, um, Luke 17, 2021, 20, when, when the Pharisees were in question, they said, now, when he was asked by the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, see here or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you, right there. That's the number one reason why we have to identify with our bodies being a temple, a temple that God wants to dwell within. It's, it has, we have to be consecrated. Our temples have to be consecrated. We cannot do what the world is doing. The world is constantly um, creating new trends and new fads are popping up every day. I mean, TikTok, whatever social platform stuff is being um, invented on, We must guard our minds and our hearts because we can't indulge in different things. We cannot do those things that we feel that the world is doing because they don't serve our God does not mean that we should be emulating their ways or picking up the the new habits that they feel is trendy and popular. God is not interested in that and interested in our time being busy in those different um, platforms because what that does is that it pacifies the flesh. It feeds our flesh. It continues to build us up on the outside, but the inside is dying. And the inside needs the word of God in order for that inner man to grow and to become more conscious and aware when the Holy Spirit is speaking. Because the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's not going to wake you up and tell you over and over again and babysit you and tell you that you're doing wrong. God You grieve the Holy Spirit when you don't listen to the word of God. So God was letting the Pharisees know that, no, you don't have to now get in pursuit looking outward for the kingdom of God. It's on the inside. And Jesus was trying to get them to change their mindset from all of the traditions and the religious things that they had learned and they had continued to add to the law. You know, to make the Ten Commandments so difficult for people to follow in order to know Christ, in order to know who Jesus was. And so God is saying today, he's looking for those who really are understanding the depths of his word, who's coming to the word, allowing it to penetrate their hearts, washing them clean teaching them how to walk in righteousness. You're not just going to get it because you memorize the scriptures. No, you must walk this out and through every obstacle and every blessing and every um, promise and every mission and part of your destiny, we're going to be tested. How much of this word is in you? How much of this word is in you? Now we're on the topic of the temple, okay, the temple, we're talking about how it got how it got established in the Old Testament and now how it must continue to press, we must press and move forward in the New Testament and allowing ourselves to be sacrifices, living sacrifices, holy and pleasing unto God. In the scripture, as it says in chapter 12, Romans 2, That we may prove what is that good and perfect thing and good will of God. How can you prove what is that good and perfect will of God if you ain't in his word? Identifying what he's talking about. uh, Forgiveness, he says forgive. How do we know is he really saying that when we hear someone say it? If we haven't read the scripture. So he's saying right there. We're lazy Christians. We must get up and quit being lazy. That's what your flesh wants. Your flesh wants you to be lazy and not get into the scriptures. We must get into the scriptures to be armed with how to not displease God. God is looking to promote people who are forsaking their own selfish wants uh, needs and desires because he's providing all of that. What does he say in Matthew chapter six, verse 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness will be added unto you. And what he's saying is that when you get this new mindset and you these scriptures and how to walk like Jesus walked and how to emulate his life, not what the other disciples and apostles did. Many of us come from different denominations, our backgrounds, and therefore we feel holy is 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 this trait? Is that trait? It's speaking in tongues. It's laying hands. It's seeing people pass out. It's seeing people jump jump up in church and do those different um, exhibit. You know, uh, you know those uh, outward works. No. That is not complete holiness. That is being touched by the spirit in some form or being, that's the way I want to fellowship and talk about or show my expression of my love for God because I heard his word today. Okay, but you know God's word when you obey it, when you are tested, when you, when you are upon a decision here and you don't know, should you move in your flesh and, and do a thing or should you walk according to the word? best thing to do, walk according to the word, because the word is spirit. The word word of God is life. It's water washing, cleansing us from all of our sins and purging us from our own mindsets. So seeking ye first the kingdom of God is knowing his word, having that coming into the entrance of the gate now. Now we're entering into a different mindset. We're entering into a spiritual kingdom Now we're here. What do we do? How do we understand how to love God? How do we serve him? How do we please him? By getting in the word, John chapter four, verse 24. It says, for though it says, for God is a spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. And how are we going to do that? We got to first seek ye first the kingdom. We got to get the kingdom scriptures in us, the kingdom mindset, the things that Jesus came to demonstrate to the Pharisees and all the Jews when they were sitting up throwing rocks at him and nitpicking his gospel and poking holes at him because they saw him natural like themselves. They didn't see him fully divine, but when he started doing those miracles, they still wanted to say he was doing the works of the devil. Now you can see how twisted and how wicked and jealous a person's heart and envious their heart is when you're sitting up here exhibiting light and righteousness, I'll tell you one thing, you better stand on the truth and you better keep on walking the truth out because it don't matter what your mother say, your father, your sister, your brother, anybody, if you're doing what's right, go to the word of God and see, are you doing what's right? And when you see that and you mirror the righteousness of God, he's going to always back you. He's going to always protect you from your enemies. They would not prosper. They were not, if anything, God going to let them fall on their own sword. They're going to fall on their own sword. When they try to destroy your life, God going to destroy them. So it is proven in the Bible, in the Bible, many kings and people fell on their own sword because they were disobedient and they ran away from God and his righteousness. Today, there's no excuse for us. We must get into the scriptures. We must rightly divide the word of truth. We don't, again, we cannot get off on Knowing the scriptures by memory, you know the scriptures when you eat eating the scriptures, when you're obeying the scriptures, when you really want to retaliate against someone in your flesh because you feel you have the ability to do something very def- wicked towards somebody and show them that you want to get even. And when you don't choose that and you choose the word of God, God is blessing you. You're being promoted in the spirit whether you know it or not. And God feels like he can trust you. But God is not going to promote us when we feel like we can back and forth, teeter-totter with this word. We must walk this word out like James says. We must be more than just hearers of the word when we come together. We must be doers. And when we look in the mirror, if you don't know how your hair looks and you walk away from the mirror, you are just like, that's what he's saying about the word. If you hear the word and you don't know what to do in a situation and you carry it out in your flesh, that means that you still have not yet put God first. You put yourself first. You put your needs and your desires and your wants first. And God is telling us how to break down all of that sin and how that is getting removed out of our lives through fasting and praying and identifying and seeing the works of darkness in his scriptures. So, because there's just no way, there's just no way that we can have no excuse when it comes to be the day of judgment, because God is looking at everyone who he has chastised and how much they love him when they get up from being, being hurt or being saddened or being, um, Feeling like God don't love them. But overall, those of us who see the goodness of the Lord from being chastised, we can get back up and show him that his his chastisement is good for us because he sees an ultimate end for us, a great end, a spiritual inheritance for us. And that's why he wants us to pay attention to these topics every week. It takes time, saints, for this word to get in you. It takes years. It takes a sit-down process. It takes time to get away from the old people, the old mindsets. It takes getting along, you and God identifying that he wants to meet you. He wants to meet you in that secret place, inside your temple, inside your heart, that inner core where you have all of that ugliness, all of the shame and brokenness that you don't even remember, that you don't bury so deep down inside of you. God wants to come and visit you in that place. That's why he tells us to guard our minds and guard our hearts because that's where he comes to meet you. That's where he comes to sit with you and talk to you and show you dreams and show you visions and, and guide you. And we have to understand we cannot run to people and tell people the things that God is revealing to us because they ain't never walked down that path to know what to guide you and tell you, the Holy Spirit. That's why the Holy Spirit is telling us, if you want my love, if you want me to guide you in life, you must clean out your temple. Just like how they did in the Old Testament. Anybody couldn't go in there. They were trying to, they were trying to, but God had to put Aaron and Moses in front of the front, in front of the entrance and block them or else they was going to get burned up by God's anger. He was going to spit fire on them. And and they knew Aaron and Moses knew God didn't play because he spoke directly to them. So they knew God and God did not show his face to Moses nor to Aaron because they would have been burned up because of sin. We're still clothed in sin, no matter how much we feel we are called and anointed. We must always remember we are clothed in sin and come to God humbly and gently and tread lightly on the ground that we come to the Lord. Because we always mess up. I don't care if we think we did good five years and we did much wrong. To us, our standards of righteousness ain't nothing compared to God's word and his standard of righteousness. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. And that is so true because we have to be conscious of where we are and where we come from, you know? And righteousness is the way to go, but there are steps to getting there. And we can't just wake up one morning and say, oh, this is what I'm gonna do. Because confession in your mouth and believing in your heart is one area. And you you physically admit that Jesus is savior. And you're saying at at level one, but there's other levels that have to be worked in you. there's a level of okay who is Jesus? you know, I know he's the savior, but how do I get to know him more, and how do I understand his purpose and and what he preached about and taught about you know that's where the Bible comes in, you begin to read and study jesus's teachings, the parables. And that opens up that door to you understanding how much our Savior loved us and how much he cared and how much he wanted us, the human race, to be reconciled back to his father, our father, the creator. And in the Old Testament days, like they designed, they designed a veil to hide the holy of holies. And behind that, was the the Spirit of God, the uh, uh, Ark of the Covenant. Those things resided back there. And anybody, like Denise said, anybody couldn't go there. But what happened and what was so beautiful about transitioning centuries and generations later, we go to the time that Jesus, um, at at the time of his crucifixion. And it's in St. Matthew uh, the 27th chapter, and it starts at the 50th to the 53rd verse. I'm going to read this really quickly. It says, Jesus then had cried again with a loud voice and yielded up the ghosts. And behold, the veil of the temple was, ro- was ripped in two from the top to the bottom. And the earth did quake and the rocks rolled. And the graves were open and many bodies of the saints, which were asleep, arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many. And you know what? One of the centurions that witnessed it said, he said, truly this is, this was the son of God. See, we have to get to that place to understand this is the Son of God and have uh uh a reverence for that. And and like the centurion, he feared greatly. We have to know who we're dealing with. We have to know the power that we are are are, are connecting to. There's not no, you know, hocus pocus, no throw, throw some grass here, burn some sage there, and and do all those other things, throw bones everywhere else. There's not that. (laughs) You're tapping in as a believer in Christ. You are tapping into the main power source, the main power, uh, the spiritual power source that you can ever have and ever want. But a lot of people don't uh, experience that great power. But let's think about the power in a person that's really, really devoted to God. You see the change in how you walk. You see the change in how you talk. You see the change in how you treat others. Those are those spiritual maturity things that we talked about a long time ago, how we can see the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And it's nothing to be afraid of. I think that's it's a great thing to see that the Holy Spirit is no longer in a temple, but it's in you. And when the Holy Spirit is in you, he's cleaning you up for a purpose, for a work. He's cleaning you up so that you could be the temple of God that's showing the love and kindness and the mercy toward those that are not saved, or those that are on the fence about who Jesus is and who God is. You can be those examples in this world. That's why the, the Bible tells us the kingdom of God is, is within us, because we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the rules, of the, the I'm sorry that uh, the understanding, the teaching, the uh, spiritual gifts, the fruits of the spirit—all those things are residing within us when we are truly committed. When we want to feel that change, when the Bible says being transformed and renewed in your minds and hearts in Christ Jesus, that's what that means. That doesn't mean. You know, you put on that outer robe, just like the people in the temple, they had to put on this outer, outer garment and they had to put these certain blue and scarlet and this other breastplate and all those things before they uh, go before God. We don't have to do all that. What we're trying to do, we're trying to tear off all that sin and iniquity, the bad habits, bad thoughts, bad thinking about who God is, and start putting on the teachings and the revelations that the fruits and the gifts of the Spirit gives us. But we can't get those fruits and gifts of the Spirit if you don't have that Spirit, which is the Holy Spirit, resting and abiding in you. So that's where the process of holiness, that's where nowadays each one of us are little small temples of God. We ain't many gods. We ain't little gods on this earth. We ain't none of that. We are temples of God. God rests, rules, and abide within us. And if we are obedient to his word, if we are obedient to the Holy Spirit leading us and guiding us into all truth, then the best we could be, the best we could be is Christ-like. That's what we should strive for, to be Christ-like. Anything else is uh, is something that you have to kind of do your research on and talk about amongst yourself. But the Bible only tells us that we are to be Christ-like. It doesn't tell us that we're gonna be as God. Only person that said that was Satan when he said that to Eve. So we we don't want to be. I don't want to be like God. I want to be. Uh, a temple that God can dwell in. His teaching can infill and indwell me. So I don't need a motivational speaker to tell me, oh, you could do that, just speak it into existence. Or I don't need a a person that uh, preaches health, wealth, and prosperity to tell me, oh, just name it and claim it. You know, all I want to do is is follow the promises of God, follow the, the righteousness of God, live a righteous and holy life so that I know that the Lord that controls all things on this earth will bless me, bless the hands that I labor, bless my thoughts um, and create in me a right spirit so that whatever I do, I do and give him glory. And when we give him glory, he blesses us. And that's the blessings of obedience. And when we are obedient to God, no good thing would he withhold from us. And that was the, the obedience and them building a the temple back then. They had to be, again, like I said, meticulous and every inch of what God set forth to build a temple as. And if it deviated, then he knew that they weren't obedient because how, how could you build a temple for God and he's giving you the specifications and you don't get it right? So you want to get it right, and just like in the New Testament, God has given us the tools and the specifications to become that temple that he can dwell in, and we have to get it right in order for him to rest there in our hearts and in our minds and our spirit. So I praise God, and I thank you all for joining us today. I pray that you all have gotten something or that you – gotten some revelation out of what we're talking about and right now i'm gonna open up if anyone has anything to say before we uh, move forward
2: hey y'all hello
0: can you hear me i'm
2: not sure if (laughs) y'all we can hear you we can hear. okay but um i was just listening in and uh like I say, everything just sounds so lovely. Just so good to hear you guys' voices. Um, like I was telling Mom, my phone kind of messed up, so it's it's kind of been chiming in and out. But, um, from what I got, um, like you say, you you have like Mom say, you have to guard your heart no matter what, cause the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy no matter what. So you know you have to put on that armor and keep that faith. Of God, Mama. with you at all times. No, we do. You want to say hello? Say hi. 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 <laughs> praise the Lord. Say praise to God. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> Amen. 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 <laughs> so it, it's just so good to just get a little word. I know it. Just, Amen. 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 <laughs> It's been going in and out, but the, the little piece I um did get where well, I've I, I been listening, so um it just good to get in a little thing. Like you said, the devil try to, you know, stop stop you at all costs, but hey, as long as we keep trying to put him first, the devil can't do nothing but sit back and be mad. Amen. Amen. That's
0: true. Amen. True. That's so true. And we are so glad that you joined us and, and your words were encouraging and, and insightful today, Keisha. Thank you so much and we love you.
2: Yes. Thank y'all. We love y'all more. <laughs> you. We just appreciate y'all uh, you know, open up the platform just to be able to fellowship through these trying times. So we appreciate you guys for the love and the support.
0: Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Thank Thank you, you. so much. You know, and um just to leave on a a, a, a a note with the scriptures, you know, first John 5, 1 through 7 um, pretty much gives a good summation of what believers, you know, should take to heart with. He says in the first verse, he said, Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves him who begot also loves him who is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God. We love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world and this is the victory that has overcome the world which is our faith who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes that jesus is the son of god so that is that is that is what i want to leave with you all today we know that the temples all of the temples uh of the old testament have been basically destroyed and rebuilt and destroyed. And even God said himself that he does not dwell no longer in uh, temples made of wood or stone. And Jesus came and he told us that the kingdom of God is within us. And further on the apostles preached the gospel that whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God that uh, we are our children of God, we are born again, so when we take that in consideration, knowing that when he died, the veil of the old temple has broken, that means there 's no restriction there's no uh, there's no middleman to come to God, you know because jesus is god 's son you all you have to do is believe that he died for your sins and start building that connection with Jesus to God, so that you can live a life that's pleasing, that you could cast away the sins and the iniquities that you may be going through or may be still vice with, that God can shake all that and can renew all those things in your mind and in your heart. This is so important, especially today in the age of the pandemic, how so many people are dying, so many people are losing their lives for, uh, for different reasons, different propagandas or uh, different ideologies or different thinking, you know. And I'm just here to tell everyone that's on this call, on this line, that we all have to make a choice in everything. If you choose, but one way, you know, be okay with choosing that way. But it, like Joshua says, choose you this day whom you're going to serve. As for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. So, serving the Lord means that you are still committed by faith to do everything you can do to stay on this earth and complete your purpose, to fulfill your purpose. There's no excuse, no reason for any of us to die too soon or too early or whatever the case may be. You know, we have to always have a mindset that I have. I still have purpose. I still have to fulfill my purpose in Christ. I still have to understand my purpose in Christ. And when we are driven by that, and we are committed to that, then everything else will fall off of us. It will be like a, a peeled onion. You know, it'll start peeling those onion layers. You have different six, seven, 10 layers of an onion, you know, and it start peeling those uh, uh, layers of, of self-doubt, depression, or anxiety, or sickness, and uh, mental illness, and all of those things begin to shake off of you. All you have to believe and understand and know that God can heal you, God can deliver you, God can set you free. All you have to do is believe. All you have to understand that when the Holy Spirit dwells within you, then all things are possible. <laughs> you just have to know that and believe that and stand on that in faith. And as believers in the in this time, that's what we want to exhibit to others. That's what we want to show them, that greater is he that is in within us than he that's in the world. And when we are able to do that, And be consistent with it. I'm not saying just one time. I'm saying consistently showing them revelation, transformation, and renewal. The things that you used to do, you don't do no more. The the way you used to speak, you don't speak no more. The way you used to curse, you don't curse no more. Because God has taken all of that out of your heart, out of your spirit. And you are more inclined to pray for those. You're more inclined to help those that need him. You're more inclined to to be there for people when they need you the most. And we don't have a selfishness about ourselves and we don't have a, 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 a pridefulness about ourselves. But yet we are extending love, extending love to one another in a way that helps them to see God through you. And then you can probably have the opportunity to tell them your testimony of how you are being delivered from what you once were, and that's the whole purpose of the kingdom of God, the temple of God, who we are as believers. And we have to grab that, understand that, and know that it's okay to, to corporate worship. It's okay to corporate pray. It's okay to fellowship. I don't say anything against that because gathering together in unity is important, However, the individual walk is what God sees and what God understands and knows because he sees our heart. And when our hearts are connected and cleansed and rebirthed and reborn through the Holy Spirit, then you have that connection because God sees your heart. And he said, all you have to do is ask and you shall receive. So it's not about, you know, how many, how many chicken dinners you cooked or how many times you went to the prayer meeting or how many Sundays you paid your offers and tithe. It's all about your heart. And when your heart is clean through the Holy Spirit, then you can ask God for certain things, and he will provide it. He's a provider, Jehovah Jireh. So um, that concludes tonight, and I pray that you all have been blessed. And please reach out to us by text or email or telephone. We are available for you. We love you and we bless your name and we bless you for um, joining in with us. So tonight I'm going to close with a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for all things. We thank you, Lord, that you have been so good to us. We thank you that you have spared us one more day on this earth to proclaim your name and proclaim your glory. We ask you, Lord, to watch over each and every one of the people on this call and the people that are here in our calls elsewhere, we actually have Heavenly father to bless them, protect them, preserve them from the evil and the sin that rises up in this earth. We know that the devil is the prince of the air and he does things to manipulate us, to not believe in God, to try to take us away from our faith and try to make us believe that we are all alone on this earth and God does not care about us. But yet we know that he cares for us because he woke us up this morning and we were able to breathe. We were able to move and have our being. So Lord, I ask you, Heavenly Father, to to bless each person and shield them from the virus, shield them from the evils of this world so that they can know And have another opportunity to say Jesus is Lord or to come to know God as their creator and Christ as their uh, personal savior. It's important, Lord, that the gospel continue to be spread. The good news, knowing that we have an atonement already in Jesus Christ that paid the price on Calvary for our sins. And all we have to do is believe that and continue to build our spiritual walk in faith with him. So, Lord, we thank you. We ask you to bless every household, prosper them. Those that need a job, I ask you, Heavenly Father, send a job. Those that need healing, I pray, Lord, that you will will heal their bodies right now. We we bless your name lord in advance for what you're going to do those that are are facing sicknesses or illnesses or diseases heavenly father be the physician and touch the physicians that's on this earth that are treating them that they may heal quicker we know that you can do all things and we know that in spirit and in truth you are a way maker and we thank you and we bless your name these are all the blessings we ask in your name jesus go to every household and protect them and guide them and lead them into your way. We love you. Reveal yourself in their lives. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 So I thank you all for joining. Keisha, Marcel, and everyone else on the call, we thank you so much. Thank you so much for uh, joining in with us. And we pray that you all have a safe and wonderful night. And we pray that you are always safe in the arms of safety safety with the Lord. And you all have a good night. Good night. Thank you. Thanks to y'all. Have a nice
2: week
0: slash weekend. Okay. See y'all next week. Love you.
2: All right. Love y'all too. Bye.